You're listening to the Soul Strategies podcast hosted by the team here at Soul Strategies. We hope you like the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Soul Strategies podcast. You have your amazing host, Amani, here and your other amazing host, Z, on the line. Say hey. Hey. Hey, y'all. So today um, we decided that we wanted to talk about DEI, the new trending topic of (laughs) the political and corporate world, and talk about ways that you can help your firm or your company or your organization become more diverse and inclusive, um, what being diverse and inclusive actually is versus what it isn't, and um, how we possibly can help you do some of those things in the future as we launch our DEI department. Definitely, for sure. So let's get right into it. So I would think um, DEI is a buzzword right now, but it's, I'm trying to think of how we went about it. It's really just more about hiring people that are the best roles for the job and choosing those people more blindly. Um, some of the cool things that we've done is like, for instance, in some circumstances, we don't necessarily look at your experience in the role or your resume, but just more so about your vibe and your attitude and what we think that we can, you know, um, gain from you and what you can bring to the role outside of some of those circumstances that may have fluffed your resume. Because one thing we've noticed is not everybody has access to certain things. Not everybody has access to the best education. Not everybody has access to have worked for some Fortune 500 company that gave them all this experience. So when you're really trying to be diverse and inclusive, you have to really just look at the person on an individual basis and just be willing to have conversations with people that you may have thought weren't traditionally a good fit for the role. Totally. Let's talk about what what people think DEI is. I think that's important. Yes. People think DEI is just appointing a man or woman or a gay or a black or a Hispanic or that nature of it. They think of just hiring a specific person um, and not truly one trying to understand that group of people and elevate them and put them into positions where they can succeed is 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 good enough and, and it's not um you can't just use people as tokens you know that's another thing that we've noticed in this whole new uh landscape of dei is the aspect of tokenism that some people um use as their approach and that kind of undermines your whole mission right people can tell when they're being used as tokens <laughs> and people can tell from the outside looking in that you are attributing tokenism and and showing that at your company or firm. So that is not DEI. DEI is finding people that come from underrepresented communities, hiring them, but also putting them into positions to where they can succeed, putting them into positions of power so that they can then elevate more people that look like them, um, putting them in touch with resources that they may not have been otherwise had access to, um, creating a sense of community for them and helping them feel accepted, um, hearing them out when difficult conversations come about um, and understanding their perspective is really important too. That is what DEI is. But just having somebody there holding space who represents this thing and like kind of checks a mark in your book, that ain't it. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. definitely not it. And I think that 
you know, just experiencing from having come from somewhat of a corporate background, like particularly through unions, but through other jobs. Um, and I'm sure that people listening to this podcast, whether you're in a corporate job or you're in, you know, you're working for a nonprofit or whatever you're, whatever you're doing, whoever you're working for, you've probably done some type of DEI training. Like you've probably had to go through the corporate process of being trained in what is diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's usually a two day, sometimes three day seminar on, you know, what is racism and, you know, what should you be doing? And usually if you're in a management role, that DEI work is separated from like the bargaining unit, if you have a union or from just your regular employees, um, if you're not unionized. Um, but typically speaking, like that content is usually pretty generic, um, you know, going through again, like what is racism? Um, what is sexism in the workplace look like? Um, but typically like what we found just as business owners in the past two years is, you know, sexism and racism in the workplace isn't always on the nose and it's not always um it's not always the way that these seminars want to portray it to be. Sometimes it's complicated. Sometimes like it happens to people that you wouldn't expect necessarily. Um, And so having like good internal processes for being able to handle when incidents come up, but not just when incidents come up, but also preventing those things from happening is usually stuff that's not talked about in the DEI process when really that should all, that should be all that's talked about in the DEI process. Exactly. Exactly. Preach, sister. Yes, it's very important <laughs> to have a way to approach these situations and have the proper tools to do it so that, you know, the message isn't lost or you don't worsen the situation. Um, and that just comes from having a, coming from a place of understanding. A lot of the things that happen in the workplace that are perceived as racist or sexist come from a lot of um, biases that people don't even realize that they have. So instead of addressing like the hard thing, you can't call a woman a hoe, okay? You can't call a black person the N-word. Like instead of us just saying blatant things like that, that we all know, it's more of the little sneaky, more stealthy things in the workplace um, that people should be aware of and know how to handle. Hey, you're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast. Take a moment to listen to some of our esteemed champions and their takeaways from the program. It's, it was very important for me to manage uh, time and the program, again, helped with the discipline of time and helping with the management of time so that, um, so that you can actually structure yourself to do that what you desire uh, uh, for your races. For more information, head over to soulstrategies.com now. There are microaggressions that happen all up and down from every identifier. They have microaggressions that they deal with. So just being able to recognize those microaggressions and being able to check the biases of people that you work with and check your own biases as well um, as business owners whenever y'all are doing this training and just be aware and be willing to be educated and be open to discovering more. Definitely. Yeah. And a lot of people will also tell us that, um, you know, I have a remote workplace, like more than 50% of workplaces now in the United States are remote, right? Mm -hmm. Why does like, 
this shouldn't matter for me because I'm in a remote workplace. Like that's so far from the truth. It's not, Mm -hmm. right? Like having a remote workplace does not mean that you are exempt from DEI work. Having a remote workplace doesn't mean that racist incidents don't occur. It doesn't mean that microaggressions don't occur. In fact, sometimes like being remote can make these situations even worse because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our communication is via email. A lot of it's via text. And a lot of times like things get lost in communication or sometimes people read things a certain way that they shouldn't be read or that mm-hmm. the end for the, the microaggression to come across. So really, mm-hmm. if you're in a remote workplace, you have to do even more work sure that you're doing, that you are you know, practicing DEI in a fluid way. Like this isn't just something that you can do a two day course DI certified and we can all move on, you know, Mm -hmm. because Bob in electronics is still harassing, you know, the female interns, right? Like, and it's behind your back. So you need to really be even more aware because, you know, if you were in a workplace, you know, Bob from electronics might be a little less you know, wanting to take that risk because there's somebody watching over that person, right? So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, well, not just keep in mind, but actively pursue because, you know, if you want to have a successful business and really what this comes down to is your bottom line. Do you want to make money as a business owner? Do you want to have a place? Like if that's all you care about, which is, it should be, there should be more than you care about than just making money. But let's just say that that's all you care about as a business owner, right? You want to help your bottom line. Well, your bottom line is not going to, it's not going to help your bottom line. If you have unhappy employees, if you have practices of racism and sexism occurring in your workplace, um, you're just simply not going to get more money because your employees are not going to be motivated to make you more money. So really, if that's all you out, this should be the first thing on your list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So um, I would like to say, I'm trying to think of anything else we can add to this conversation because this has been really informative. If y'all have any um, questions about this type of stuff, or if there's anything that y'all want to learn more about, or y'all are interested in diversifying your staff in this way, but you really just don't know how to go about it or what you need to do next, always hit us up on social media or send us an email, man. We are really passionate about this is something that we have been able to do here at Seoul is put a lot of gay people, black and brown people, people with different uh, backgrounds into positions here where they've been able to thrive and build teams of their own. And that's something that's really important to us. And it's been amazing for us to be able to do that for people and experience that type of culture. So if y'all want to figure out ways to do that for your own firms um, or even on your own campaigns, if you believe that that type of representation is important to you, shoot us an email at info oso-strategies.com or hit us up on social media and we will set up a free call to where we can dig into this stuff and talk all about it. Definitely for sure. And, you know, Amani had mentioned some of the stuff that we have done to diversify our workplace. And I think, you know, we're happy to share some of those things with you, especially as the podcast continues and we do more episodes around what diversity, equity, and inclusion is and how we implement it and how we've seen folks that we've worked with um, implemented as well. But she had mentioned um, that we really don't look at resumes for most of our positions, um, unless it's mm-hmm. a technical position where you know you need technical experience. But 99% of our positions, that's not the case. And 
when we first started, we just sort of did what everybody else did. We had a list of 10 questions, mm-hmm. edit a resume, usually on Indeed or somewhere else. And then, um, you know, that was sort of it. And what we started to find was that we had a lot of folks that were white. We had a lot of folks that were male, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks that were highly educated in mm-hmm. a lot of Ivy Leagues and places like that. And that was all very well and good. But what we also noticed was that these positions weren't being filled by people that we thought were diverse. And let, let me let me explain again, like what diversity is, because I think that we forget about this as well. Yes. Diversity is not just race. Like that is really important to understand. Like just because you hire a black person does not mean that you are diverse, that you are practicing diversity, equity and inclusion, like right. I was alluding to earlier, right? Uh, what it actually means is that there is diversity in multiple things. Where did this person grow up? Did they grow up in a poor neighborhood or did they grow up in a wealthy neighborhood? Um, what type of school did this person go to? Is this person an immigrant? Um, do they speak another language? Um, was English their first language? Like that's something that we, we think about a lot because a lot of folks apply to jobs where Spanish might have been their first language or Chinese or whatever, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, that that doesn't mean that somebody should be not included throughout the interview process just because English isn't their first language. Um, there's a lot of different points that um, we take into consideration when we're looking at the DEI process. And it's not just race and it's not just sex. Um, it's, you know, a lot of it is economic opportunity. Yes. Um, yeah, so that, that's something we care about a lot, uh, especially because economic opportunity is something just like race and sex, like mm-hmm. you can't choose where you're born <laughs> and, and what, what family you're born into and where you're born and how much money you have, like those things are not a choice. Um, so that's something that we take in, in very seriously. So when we go through the interview process, again, we don't usually ask for a resume, um, but that doesn't mean that we are just accepting of anybody. That means that it's actually even harder to get through the interview process with us because you can't lean on your Ivy League education. Like you can't lean on the fact that you grew up going to Europe in the summer. Like, and so you could speak seven languages because your parents were able to do that for you. Um, you can't lean on any of those things. The only thing that you can do is answer the questions to the best of your ability. And what the questions that we're asking, and I guess close your ears if you're going to apply with us, but I think that this is <laughs> um, But we really focus on problem solving skills. Mm-hmm. Are you the type of person that we can put into a position? And if you don't know something, you're going to take it upon yourself to learn it. Or are you just, if something difficult comes up, are you just going to quit? Right. What type of person are you? Right. Like, are you the type of person that finishes things or are you the type of person that just, you know, again, anything comes up and you're just sort of out because it, it got it got sort of hard and, you know, you, you don't want to keep going on it. Like those are the things that we're really looking for, because those are the people that are successful in the role regardless, regardless of their sex, regardless of the race, regardless of their economic opportunity. You know, if you are the type of person that can finish what you start, that is curious, that always wants to learn more, that is, you know, that is a problem solver. It doesn't matter whether you work in our digital department in our fundraising department or in our field department, you're going to be successful in that role. And that's the person that we're really looking for. And that's the, that those are the questions that we select for that purpose. 
Exactly. Exactly. That is what's going to make all the difference. One, for the people's lives, but two, just for the quality of work that you get from people. Like, you can have a monolithic work fit for us, right? You can have all white male guys that went to Brown University, but when it comes time for you to be able to appeal to the marketplace, you're only going to have one perspective to show. And one thing that we can notice as uh, as consumers is when there are people not reflective of a certain community trying to communicate on the behalf of that community. Um, that is what's going to, one, tank your bottom line, which is one thing that you'll care about, but two, it's going to give people the ick, right? It's going to come off cringy. It's going to come off pandery, and it's important for you to sell not only yourselves, but your products or your campaign or whatever it is that you want people to receive from you. You won't be able to do it just by having one type of person working for you because it's not going to be one type of person voting from you for you or buying this service or product from you right so the best way to increase your livelihood of communicating with these people properly and getting their business or their votes is to be diverse so it's a two-pronged system is one it's just simply the right thing to do Okay, it's just the right thing to do. But the second piece of it, like Z was saying, is it's going to help you out also in, in the latter end. So it's really no downside to the stuff. There's not. There's definitely not. And I will say that, you know, as as the as a person that run one of the people that runs this business, you know, having a healthy, happy staff that understands the task at hand that works together well that has that diversity of you know economic struggle or or not depending on what the role is right is it's really helpful as a person leading because you I know that if I leave our staff for a day weeks a month whatever it is they'll be able to handle whatever we throw at them right that's Mm -hmm. that's really important as somebody that runs a company if you're listening to this and you know you run a nonprofit organization or a um you know or or just a regular company and you feel that you can't leave your staff that's a problem and that means it really starts with who are you hiring why are you hiring them and why do you feel that you can't walk away and that's something that we can really help you sit down and discover because i think that you'll realize that a lot of that comes from the people that you're bringing in. If you if you don't trust your staff and you, mm-hmm. you don't think that they're doing a good job, then this isn't working for you. Then you're paying for nothing. You're you're really you're not running the company or the organization to the best of your ability. Exactly. Exactly. So I think with all of that being said, y'all, this stuff is important, not only for you, but for the livelihood of your entire staff and for the sake of the continuation of your flourishing business campaign or organization. Um, if y'all have any questions, let us know. We are here to help. We are excited to help. Um, and yeah, I think we touched on everything. Yeah, I think, I think we touched on a lot. I think, you know, we'll we'll talk more about this stuff as your questions mm-hmm. because we want to get to know what you want to learn more about because AI is such a vast Mm -hmm. like hiring is a big piece of it but it's not all of it um you know it's what are you doing with the day-to-day with your staff like 
what are you doing to show that you're a diverse and inclusive organization or company? There's a lot that goes into it. So mm -hmm. let us know uh, in the comments, either on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, what may, what, what you'd like to know more about, or as Mani said, just email us and we're happy to get on the phone with you for free. We never charge to give you advice. Exactly. I would be interested to um, read some of these questions that we get in the next podcast episode, maybe before whatever topic we talk about next. So if you want a chance of getting your question answered on the pod, shoot us um, shoot us a comment or an email, man. We'd be happy to answer it here. Definitely. Well, thank you all. Thank y'all for listening. Tune in to the next one. <laughs> Take care. Take care.